Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now, say my name. It's Matt Cool. You're goddamn right. Welcome to Total Engagement with me, Matt Kuhn, right here on the MLW Radio Network, brought to you by our good friends at WrestleZone, the world's most widely read wrestling news site on the planet. It is I, Matt Kuhn, here with what I'm going to call instant reaction, a front row report from All Elite Wrestling's debut episode of Dynamite. Now, I know I had told you I was going to try to put this episode up a little bit earlier than it's being put up, and let me explain. I did record it in my car on the way back. I stopped at Wawa to use their internet to upload it, but my laptop was out of power because I am an idiot. So that's the story, and we're going to go ahead and get right to it. We're going to talk all about everything I saw, the reactions, my interpretations, other observations, my overall feel for the show, and also how in the fuck did I get in the front row? Why'd you see me on TV? All that and less. Today, this morning, it's like 1.55 in the fucking morning, on Total Engagement with me, Matt Coon. So I, I got to DC early. DC can be tricky, the traffic can suck, and it can be unpredictable, and can be unrelenting. So I got to DC around 2.30 or 3. I met up with a listener, Carl. Carl, what's up, man? How's it going? Had a good time talking to you. Talked about some music, talked about some wrestling, had some beers, and then I went off to the show. But before I got to the show, I got a text from a friend of mine, and the text had a ticket on it, and the ticket said, Section one, row A. And I was like, holy shit. Now, I did feel bad that my son wasn't with me. Like, the only time he's never, he's not with me, I'm in the front row. But it was very cool to get in the front row. And a matter of fact, I bought tickets, but I actually was able to give those tickets to somebody who could use them. So it was a win-win all the way around. Let's go ahead and talk about the show a little bit. I will do a little bit of a rundown, but more kind of observations about what we're seeing with All Elite Wrestling. The first thing was people were already there at three. People were there already there at four. And by the time, you know, maybe an hour before uh, doors opened, there was a big line. There was a lot of people. People wanted to get in. People were outside having a good time. A little bit different energy than the other All Elite shows I've been to. I've been to All In, All Out, Double or Nothing. And the what made it different is that I was like the only person I met who had gone to the other All Elite shows. This was a completely different crowd. And it really kind of explains why these shows aren't selling out. Because the other shows were kind of special, one-in-a-million type shows 
where people flew into them. You know, I'd see the same people at all these shows, the same characters. This show was a little different. I didn't, I, I always talk to people. If you've met me out there, you know, I'll talk to you. I'll engage in conversation. Where are you from? Have you been to a show before? What are you looking forward to? And everybody was kind of local and nobody had been to an AEW show before. So the energy was a little bit different. It wasn't what it usually is at an AEW event. It wasn't like a celebration. It was more like anticipation, like a WWE pay-per-view. It had more of that feel to it. And with the show, we went inside, got my fucking killer seat. And I'm not trying to brag, but I've been to a million shows, never sat in the front row. It was very cool to be up close and personal. Uh, I take that back, actually. I did sit front row at a house show once, thanks to my friend Johnny Fairplay. So I want to give him a shout out, even though I know he doesn't listen to the show. In any case, the show starts, and it had a dark match to begin. Darby Allen versus Seema. Seema is a OWE talent, and he's a bit older. And Darby Allen is a guy who has a huge upside, a huge future. He is someone that I think can draw new fans. He's got that half skull face, half regular face, but he's got legit skateboard credentials. He also dresses terribly for me. And for Dave Hancock, who sat next to me, he's like, what the fuck's he wearing? And I said, dude, that's not for us. That's for the kids. And he was good. He did his shit. The crowd was into it. And then the show began. And the anticipation was there. And once the show began, the place, the roof came off the place. In a way, I've heard maybe at a takeover, maybe the Sami Zayn Nakamura takeover. But the the, the day started, of course, with Cody and Sammy Guevara. I guess the idea is that you want Cody to still be ensconced in that main event picture. Sammy Guevara, you want him to look good as well. Guevara is not where Darby is in my mind. I've seen Guevara at other um, you know, wrestling events like WrestleCons and stuff. There's not much that separates him from the other high flyers for me yet. And the match was good, you know, and we're going to talk about how important good matches are and what, what the focus is, and it was enjoyable. But the veteran Rhodes was one step ahead of Guevara the whole way. You guys saw that on TV probably. What you might not have seen is the crowd was so amped up for Cody Rhodes. They just love Cody Rhodes. Cody needs to play the baby face. It's, a lot of times he plays a heel. He needs to play a baby face for the AEW audience because they love him. They love Cody. And when Jericho came out, the place was electric. It was electric. Jericho came out, beat down Cody. And it, it was it was good in the sense that it sets up the pay-per-view match they're going to have even more. It set up Guevara as a guy who shook his hand, but didn't it, didn't help out Cody when Jericho uh, interfered. And also sets up what we're going to see from AEW. And we heard an interview, or I heard an interview Tony Khan did with Wade Keller. And I'm, I was thinking, dude, between those two guys, I swear to God, that's a lot of words because those two guys like to talk. But Tony Khan was talking about how the storyline is going to take place in the ring, that most of the storytelling is going to take place bell to bell. And even talking to Carl about that today, that concerns me a little bit because as a kid, I don't remember being that enamored with how good a match is. I was enamored with whether I cared someone won or lost. But maybe those times are behind us a little bit, or maybe I'm underestimating how a match can be can tell a story. And and 
This was a good example of what AEW is going to do, which is, you know, have the match, have the good match, have an angle having to do with, you know, setting up a future match, but not a lot of the, you know, the skits and the bells and the whistles. And I know there was a skit or two. We didn't see those um, in the building. Um, but the Jericho beatdown was great. Jericho looks like a fucking star for sure. And if I was watching on TV, I would be like, this is, uh, this was a very cool way to start the show. One thing that touched me a bit was seeing Tony Schiavone be introduced. I can't say enough how much I enjoyed it. And if you've ever seen, what's the movie? Shawshank Redemption. When Timothy, uh, when Tim Robbins' character sits back and doesn't drink beers, but watches the other people drink beers. When Tony Schiavone was introduced, I got almost a little tear in my eye, but what I did is I glanced over and sitting maybe 10 seats away from me, was Conrad Thompson and watching Conrad when Tony was introduced, it's emotional. It was a very cool thing because Conrad, I don't think I've ever seen him get emotional, but just the look on his face made my day. And um, Tony, I hear did great. I know he did great, even though I didn't hear it. And I got to send him a good luck wish before the show. Very happy for him. Very happy for AEW. Let me know how he did. Uh, MJF against Brandon Cutler. This was uh, interesting. I'm not sure if it was purposeful or not that Cutler messed up a couple times. Cutler, but he botched a sunset bomb a little bit. And we already saw one in a match earlier, uh, the, the dark match. So I'm not sure they should have done that move. But also falling off the top rope, I, I that looked like it was on purpose, which led to MJF winning. But some people think it it was a, a true botch. But I think it told the story that MJF is clearly a superior wrestler at this time to Brandon Cutler. But Brandon Cutler, of course, is good friends with um, you know everybody in the elite. But MJF did his thing. Everybody booed him. People booed him. So you know we have the booing of the bad guys, the cheering of the good guys, and then what this was kind of cool was that Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes, you know, Silent Bob and uh, and Jay and Silent Bob. Dude, they were sitting like three chairs down from us like the whole time. It was pretty cool, you know, to see those two guys who you've seen in so many movies. And, of course, Kevin Smith's a great director. They had an angle with him and Private Party that took place right next to us. And, again, it was just a way to kind of create a plot line between people. And that's something I think AEW needs to look at and figure out different ways for people to feud besides I'm better than you, you're better than me, or you annoyed me, or I annoyed you, or I beat you down. We we have to figure some stuff out to get some intriguing plot lines going. But it was the first show. Again, uh, they had a lot of good matches on here with Jericho showed backstage with Ortiz and Santana. People were buzzing about LAX um, by the end of the show. We had Pac, Pac, I think they call him Pac, but he's gone by Pac, um, defeated Hangman Page. He cheated to be able to do it. It was a good match. It was the best quote-unquote match in the show. I still think Hangman Page needs some time, and he's going to be, I think, who they want him to be. Pack, on the other hand, plays the heel perfectly. 
It's very strange. It's a little, what do they call it? Juxtapositional to have, that's a pretty big word, right? To have a heel be so small in stature and also be a high flyer. But he does good with it. Um, I wasn't, you know, Hebner might, I don't know if Hebner can keep up in matches like these. Um, that's one one thing I noticed. But the match was good, you know, and, and the story has been told. And now when we look at uh, Pac, he's now undefeated. Riho versus Nyla Rose. This was something interesting to me because I think if you do an A to B comparison between NXT and AEW, I think Shayna Baszler's defense, uh, you know, is and her challenger, Candice LeRae, is much more intriguing to me than this match. And there were some issues with it, but they did tell a story with it. And they did choose to go with the underdog. Now, this was the first match, maybe the only match where the crowd died a little bit, but dude, it came back. And maybe that's what you want in a good match. You want, I don't know, this kind of New Japan-style match where you tell these stories, but an American crowd that gets totally into it because people were on their feet. But again, I want to keep going back to they need to find the balance in AEW about telling stories outside of the ring too. I really believe they need to do that more than they think they do. If you think about, and I noticed it, I mean, I noticed it, but it was something I thought about today while I was in there. When people are introduced and when angles go on, people stand up. When the matches start, people usually sit down. And there's a reason for that. Now, we had the match Chris Jericho, Ortiz and Santana against Omega and the Young Bucks. And I think more should have been made of Kenny Omega's first TV match as Kenny Omega. But that being said, the match was typical Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, Jericho and and LAX. Uh, LAX is, uh, I guess they're called Ortiz and Santana now. They're a tag team that have improved bit by bit by bit by bit by bit over the last few years, and now they're really good. And, um, you know a really good tag team and apparently they think a lot of them because then they had that big angle at the end and it was hard to keep track of it while I was in the building right because Moxley comes up from behind place goes fucking nuts right and they fight to the back and we can see on the screen what's going on it was well done right because usually if you're at a match and they have a brawl go to the back usually you lose track of it but not only can we can we keep track of it we can still see the match that went on at the same time uh, with with Jericho, but they we could see it on the screen when uh, Moxley put Omega through that glass table, and then this everything's going crazy, and this shit could have really fallen apart production wise, timing wise, or the first TV show to pull this shit off the way it did, and having the heel faction at the end stand tall. Dude, it made me look forward to next week. Now, I'm not sure what the call was by Tony and Excalibur and JR, but I will say it looks like we have an anti-elite. We have an evil elite. We have a legion of doom created with the young kid, Sammy Guevara, the champion, the cream of the crop, a little bit of the bubbly, Chris Jericho, LAX, and then the debuting Jake Hager. Now, if you listened yesterday... I told you he was going to be there. I also said that I wasn't sure he was the 
the big surprise, right? Like we needed the Luger moment. We needed the big surprise, but I'm not in favor of the Luger moment for AEW because it's already been done. Matter of fact, my friends and I were talking about if CM Punk would come to AEW. I said you should announce it ahead of time because we've already seen it. That being said, the Hager moment, and Hager is Jack Swagger, really worked because it wasn't just that alone. It wasn't just him standing with his arms crossed with a smirk on his face. He was part of this fucking beatdown, and they piled the elite on top of each other. Now, something interesting happened at the end of the show. As soon as the show goes off the air, and if you ever go to a live show, you can tell when the show goes off the air because they're like this, the screen kind of turns black for a second, right? And people act a little bit differently. As soon as the show went off the air, right? And all the heels are still in the ring. The place loses its fucking mind. It was like, and I know there's someone like Disco would hate this because we're supposed to hate the heels and love the faces and all that. But it was very much like the end of a Broadway production. It was very much like when it ended, when it ended, people were like, fucking A. That was great. What a great show. Let's applaud for the show. And again, this is a fine line, and this is some uncharted territory that we are going to get into as fans, and maybe this is the kind of shit that will draw new fans. It's very different for us to say, okay, let's appreciate the show. Let's not hate the heels. Let's appreciate the show. But can we also do that and hate the heels at the same time? Interesting idea. Overall, Strong, 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 strong B+. You know, the only thing negatives is some of the action in the ring had some botches with it. I think maybe people are a little nervous, but I also think that's a good indicator. If the issues were not timing issues or the issues were not technical issues, but the issues are in the ring, which is the last thing we should probably worry about them doing, then I think they did a good job. It might even be an A-. minus. An A-plus on your first show uh, with a bunch of guys who've never done TV before is probably impossible. So they did a really good job. If you're saying what I've said across the board for WWE for the last few months, the idea for me to watch wrestling is I want to watch the next week. Give me a reason to watch the next week. And I got several reasons. Jericho and Cody, what's going to happen there, right? There's going to be a tag team championship match. The women's match the women's title what's going to happen there there's so many different things going on and it does all have to do with competition is this going to take hold of the wrestling public that i don't know but i will say it's worth a shot because what the wwe is doing isn't working it's been losing an audience for a long time and maybe just something different it's just different i'm not saying it's better but fucking a it was good it was good And I can't wait to watch NXT and talk about NXT a little bit. But from the front row, getting guys hurled into us, seeing and feeling that action, it was a a card really worth going to. Between that and the New Japan show, that's probably that I went, Matthew and I went to Saturday, probably two of the top five shows I've ever been to. And this was this was in the top five. This was a great show, a great live show. They cared about the live audience. There was no, you know, goofy, awkward things live. I don't know about on TV, but overall, you got to give them a great grade. And congratulations to everybody involved. And I can't wait to see what happens next. Now, I guess we got to watch NXT, right? 
Well, cool. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. I want to get your input. I want to hear what you have to say. I'm going to be talking about this stuff on Keeping It 100 with Conan and Disco next week because Disco loves to argue with me, and I like to talk to him. The smart guy, got a lot of respect for Conan, love Jojo Feeney. So we're not done with this subject, but this is not an AEW podcast. This is a wrestling podcast. So we're talking about all kinds of things every single day, usually short episodes. People love the crime and wrestling shows. People love the Arn Anderson show. People love all the different things we're doing now. We're very unusual, very unique, but you got to help me out and tell some friends. Tell some friends. Let's get as many people as we can listening to Total Engagement. You work for me. I'll work for you. We'll work together. One fan to other fans. Thank you for listening. It is now 2.15 in the morning. I'm going to post this as soon as I can. And let everybody know about this episode. And I will see you. I won't see you. But I'll talk to you tomorrow on Total Engagement with me, Bat Coon. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.